Hey everyone, and welcome to the Kodakery. I'm Megan. And I'm Josh. Today in the Kodakery, Josh and I are honored to talk with John Cleese. As one of the founding members of Monty Python, his contributions to cinema are timeless and enjoyed by generations of fans around the globe. He talks with us about engaging with his fans, leading a creative life, and what it takes to make a cat laugh. So, let's jump into the Kodakery and talk with John. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much. Hello, sir. Is that Megan? It is. Is that John Cleese? Hello, Megan. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Fire away. Whatever okay, okay. Like all right. All We're right. just going to go right We're for it. We're just going to go right into it. Sir, thank you so much for joining us. Not at all. I'm sure you're helping me to sell something or other, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so so you've, been, you've been on the road. You've taken Monty Python out. Um, you're doing screenings of it all over, all over the world. Um, you're headed in our general direction very soon. You kind of end each screening with a uh, Q&A. Could you tell us what it's like to re-engage with your fans? Well, what I really like about it is that I never know what's going to happen. And I really mean that because sometimes there's a lot of questions about the actual film, about the Holy Grail. Uh, sometimes there's lots of questions about Holy Grail and sometimes there are questions about Python and other aspects of Python. And then sometimes we start talking about completely different things like politics or sport or sex or <laughs> just insulting people in general. And that's what I like about it because the show I'm doing at the moment, I've been holding today, um, I say pretty much the same thing. I ad lib a little bit, but it's pretty much the same every night. And uh, if the audience is good, which it is about two-thirds of the time, it's great fun. And the other third of the time, it's a bit like hard work, because I'm saying the same thing that I did last night. Right, right. But that's not the case. There's, this, is all, this all depends on um, on the questions. That the, uh, you know, we could finish up talking about the meaning of life, and I don't mean the movie. <laughs> well, we only have like 11 minutes with you, so we won't go there. We'll, we won't get that heavy. But um, <laughs> when you created Monty Python, did you envision that it would, would stand the test of humor time in the way that it has? Oh, of course not. We had no idea. We had no idea. And after all, when it started, it was very original, and a lot of people didn't get it. That's what people don't realize, you know. They, they think if something is a success, that it was always destined to be one. Mm-hmm. Or the other way around, a failure. And it's not like that at all. You really have no idea how it's going to catch on. And sometimes it takes quite a long time. I mean, Cheers, which was the second most successful sitcom of all time, was very unsuccessful in the first series. But the, the top guy at CBS liked it and kept it on. And now it's number two only to Seinfeld. You see, well, Python, when we started off, nobody knew what to make of it to begin with. It wasn't until they repeated the first series that it suddenly started to catch on. And certainly with the movies, you never know whether people are going to go for it or not. So it's it's a toss-up. You just keep doing it. I think the most important quality in almost any business is persistence because you're bound to fail some of the time and the main thing is when you do fail don't get downhearted just keep on just keep on going uh, does do you think humor yeah. has has an expiration date mm, well i don't know i mean there's certain kinds of jokes that are very specifically particular to do with anything political or probably sure. anything social 
Uh, I think we were very lucky on Python that the two movies we made were both set in historical periods. So, uh, you see what I mean? The yeah, yeah. Christ, the other one, medieval, so there's no way they could date. <laughs> right. We didn't realize that at the time. We realized that about 35 years later. <laughs> it was a good model. Yep. Good, good plan. <laughs> yeah, it's a good plan. And also, it's much easier, you see, because it's very hard to write comedy at the moment because nobody knows what's going on. Right. Right. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what the rules are or what the norms are. And comedy basically comes from breaking norms. But if you don't know what the norms are, it's hard to break them. You know? sure. Right. That was actually going to be one of our questions was how how comedy has changed. Like so much of, of Monty Python, there was like a silliness to it and an absurdity to it that was really funny. But like, is that okay today for comedians to be silly? Like things seem... Well, I think- but it, it, it depends. You see, it's very much still alive in America, but in England, the younger generation doesn't know it because for some extraordinary reason, the BBC hasn't put uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus out on terrestrial television for nearly 20 years. So when we did the show at the O2 recently, a lot of kids were brought along by their parents that they discovered Python. They loved it, but they hadn't heard about it. Right. So it, it depends on a whole lot of things like as the BBC or whoever going to show the program. Yeah. Another way that you are have been interacting with fans and um, with the public at large is I know you have an app called the Ministry of Silly Walks. Um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that and a new way to share humor with people. In oh, just of the yeah, some of the guys, some of the guys uh, that uh, work for me on the IT front were very suggested it. It's done reasonably well. I think it's rather amusing. It, uh, it bothers me that so many of those games are to do with killing people. You know, I, I always like the ones that are to do with detectives or Sherlock Holmes or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's just my taste. Yeah, no, it, right. I like it. <laughs> if Monty Python were formed today, yeah. do you guys think that you would be much more engaged? Like, I mean, at the time, um, you know, TV movies were were the main way to communicate, but now there's all kinds of stuff. Like, how how would Monty Python be different if it started today? You know, I haven't the slightest idea. <laughs> I don't remember that when we started Monty Python, we haven't the slightest idea what we're doing either. <laughs> I mean, we went to see the guy in charge of BBC and I asked him for serious. He asked us what we were going to do and we didn't know because we hadn't discussed it. So I think that that was one of the reasons it was so creative because we didn't start out with any preconceptions. We just did it. Right. And then we looked at it, and, and, and we still didn't understand it. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, we, did, we just knew that it made us laugh, and I think that uh, it, it might be quite... No, I think it would be fundamentally silly, because I think the great message of Python, and why it's been very successful over the years, is uh, very early on a friend of mine said what he loved about Python was that after he watched it, he couldn't watch the news because he couldn't take it seriously. <laughs> and I think there's a whole lot of things going on in the world that are much less serious. You know, they're presented to us as sort of as... uh, I'm not talking about this business about fake news, but they're just presented to us in a particularly uh, familiar or cliched form, and we accept them in that form. I mean, we need to make fun of all that and try to keep things fresh. Yeah, I get that. Well, Well, for for the sake of of asking you questions that maybe... um are not as repetitious as some of your other interviews. Let's keep, you know, keep it fresh here for you. <laughs> I noticed that you have uh, an interest in cats um, via your Twitter account, and I wondered if uh, your cats think you're funny. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, I am. 
able to make up my cat's laugh. <laughs> I have to dress up <laughs> uh, because they're not they're not fluent in English. But if I put on silly costumes, then they fall about. And uh, they are, of course, the purpose of life. My wife and I realized many years ago that the main thing, if you're a young couple about to sort of get married or something, the main thing to avoid is children. They are an absolute disaster. <laughs> and they are responsible. They're responsible for most of the misery in the world. So the thing is, the only question is cats or dogs. And I think that's, I, could, I admire both, but I'm definitely a cat person because I'm an introvert. And uh, I think cats are introverted and, and dogs are basically extroverted. They want people to throw balls to them. have to throw a ball for, for cats <laughs> to bring it back. You'd think you would start staring mad <laughs> I have this great vision in my head of you dressing up in ridiculous outfits and then a cat like 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 really laughing hard. Yeah. I haven't ever pictured a cat it's laughing. Oh, oh boy, they laugh. We get complaints from the neighbors. So I, I, I <laughs> so, so one of the things I wanted to ask you about was uh, uh, just my wife is a high school art teacher and in her room ever since she started 10 years ago she's had a quote from you hanging up right over the painting studio where the kids can see it and it says nothing will stop you from being creative so effectively as the fear of making a mistake and as as you think about all that you've you've accomplished and the incredible work you've done if you were going to give some advice to young people now who want to live a creative life what what would you say well there's two aspects first of all you need to eat so um, it's very good if you could do some writing, because you can write in your spare time. You can write in the evening. If you want to act, you've got to find somewhere to act, and then you've got to find a script, and then you've got to find an audience. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. So anybody creative, I, I, I would say try writing. No, it's fine if you paint or draw or something like that. Then you could do that, but you may need a sort of day job just to bring the money in because relying on something creative, anywhere, if, you, if you're good, it might work, but it's risky. I mean, most actors are out of work most of the time, you know. So I think that's the first thing. The second thing is understand that if you're going to be creative, you're going to go somewhere that you haven't been before, so don't expect to understand it. Mm. Don't be frightened of confusion. You've been confused to start with because you've never been there before. Do you see what I mean? Right. Or, on the other hand, if you're just copying something that you've done before, that's fine. I mean, a lot of, lot of if you want to make lots of money, just keep doing the same thing. And then it's not as, as uh, it just makes you so nervous. But at the same time, you don't get the highs because you've done it all before. That's great. That's yeah. fantastic advice. Um, I know that we're, we're pressed for time, but. Um... Before we go, we were in the beginning of, of all of our episodes. We did this little bit where I say, like, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Kodakery. I'm Megan. And he says, and I'm Josh. And we thought maybe you could say, and I'm John Cleese. We thought it might be funny. Would you care to take? Okay. Uh, okay. All right. I'm going to do it. And then we'll, then we'll close the episode. Um, <clears throat> hey, everybody, and welcome to the Kodakery. I'm Megan. And I'm Josh. And I'm Michael Payton. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Well, uh, that yeah, that was yeah. good. Yeah, um, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, for giving us your time. Well, <laughs> yes, yes, and enjoy. And remember um, what I said about children. You're yeah. not thinking of having children, are you? I, I just had one. <laughs> 
literally four well, months get ago. A good price for it, you know. <laughs> yeah, you get a good price for it. I mean, how much is a cat nowadays? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> they're going to look after themselves when they're 18. Well, at least there's no hairballs involved. Right. You know? They're... That's a positive. <laughs> You don't have to educate cats either. That's okay. True. 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 Yeah. yeah. Well, let's leave on that positive note. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, John. Yeah, thank you very much. That was fun. Yes. Okay. Stop calling me sir. It's humiliating. <laughs> Bye. 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 It is a great satisfaction to be able to speak to you through the medium of this wonderful invention.